Alrighty, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you, as always, from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, calling in all the way from a stormy Charm City, Maryland, my pal Odell. What is going on, man? How's that no <laughs> such thing as climate change weather treating you? Oh, my gosh, man. It's just nuts. It's like every day for like the last week, it's been just downpours, and then it'll stop. The sun will come out for a few minutes, and then boom, another downpour. And uh, Yeah, uh, Baltimore is literally floating right now. <laughs> so. Think you would do well in a water world type situation like Kevin Costner? No, not at all. I can't even swim, which is ironic because I love the beach. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't last 10 minutes in Waterworld. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless I mutated and got some gills. So yeah. I would have to cross my fingers and hope for the best. And let me introduce our amazing, beautiful, wonderful producer who's just been rocking it out at her day job, too. And she's gone vegan. Man, so much has been going on with you since the last episode. It's Dita Producer. Yes, I am here. I'm here, darlings. Darlings. There you go. That's my best imitation of Hans, who's international superstar, baby, and made it through to the next round of AGT, and I'm just tickled because he's hilarious. Really? You sound like that puppet that has the monocle. That proper old lady that, like hangs out at Cotillions and has the monocle oh my from back in the 70s. I forget oh. her name. Uh, yeah, I know who you're don't talking know about. What in the world? I think she was about. on Mr. Rogers. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I Which I've got to go see that documentary too, by the way. Yes, I've heard nothing yes. but amazing things about it. Yes. Yep. Um, and I don't know. It's okay, so it's almost back to school time. So unbelievable, isn't just, it? Just <laughs> y'all be careful on the roads and things because there will be little kids and buses. And any fellow Tennesseans, this is tax free weekend. Woot woot. So I know we're and our area's messed up. I don't know anybody who gets out as early as our kids, mm-hmm. like sometime in mid May, and has to start again August 7th. That's yeah. crazy. Out of step yeah. wow. with everybody else. I know. Actually, no, somebody, uh, Knoxville, somewhere in Knoxville, they start next week. So I'm well, talking about the Tennessee metropolitan, you know, and well, suburb area. Yeah. When I talk to people back home, they're like, what? Like summer just kind of started for yeah. us. We don't go back till September. Like after yeah, Labor yeah. Day is when most schools go back in the country. Yeah. Well, I think I, I think in Maryland now it's official as it is after Labor Day. So 
governor put that out last year because of the whatever the yeah. snow day and the budgeting and all that craziness so it's like literally right after labor day they start so yeah and that's when um it should be it should run through labor day memorial day to labor day man that's a real summer that's how it was when i was a kid. right all yeah, right exactly let's get on to some business um odell i recently put up a rufus waldorf page actually um the abridged version is my buddy brian who used to be an fda wrote me it was like, hey, man, I put up a YouTube channel. I put some Even Steven stuff up there. And I know you're the man with the archive. You're the, the vault keeper. Can you give me some <laughs> videos? But everything's on VHS, and it's like this big, cumbersome, arduous task to fucking convert everything over to the computer. But we're taking August off. So I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I'll go ahead. And, I'm, and I must have at least 30 or 40 hours of footage. And I was oh, like, wow. yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and... Um, get that all on the computer and I'll start like slowly, I'll start leaking it like the white house. I'll start slowly <laughs> leaking um, all the old videos from the Southern Maryland days. And I put up this Rufus Waldorf as a, I put it up as a real page instead of a like page. Cause you can't block people on a like page. And right. I have a feeling that page was up one fucking day. One day it wasn't even 24 hours. I put it up at like four in the afternoon, woke up at six in the morning. And there was always, there was already like screw liberals. On it. It didn't even oh, have anything Lord. to do with politics. And I had to block <laughs> the person and take their comment down. And I and I even said, look, dude, I don't want any politics on here. This is just banned footage, banned pictures. Keep your politics off of it. And I had put up a picture of even Steven when we went to University of Maryland on the radio station. And I was like, who let these fools in here? And um, somebody had commented, they're like, liberal, liberal fools. Yeah, thanks for nothing, you chumps. And I was like, "Oh my goodness gracious!" It's somebody we both know, but I won't say on air. But yeah, right, right. But um, yes. Yeah, so if anybody wants to check it out, just kind of Google Rufus Waldorf on Facebook, and you can see I've already put a bunch of footage up there that I already had on the computer when Dave yeah. passed away, and we did his um tribute. And I, right. I'm digging into photo albums, dude. I'm scanning like <laughs> five or six pictures a day, and st like stuff I don't think anybody's ever seen before. Yo, some of the stuff I, I I I looked at like you know when I'm at work or whatever I'll I'll go on Facebook for a bit or check the messages, and it was funny when I first saw the friend request I was like Rufus Waldorf I was like who has that name you know and then all of a sudden I saw you know I, I was like oh okay I get it no it's great man it is awesome yeah there's you put pictures of that I, I clearly forgot have forgotten about uh, shows and just random you know just going different places and whatnot so. I think it's awesome. I think it's really cool. Everybody thinks I had this stellar memory, but it really is a cheat because I have like 50 photo albums of us growing up. <laughs> so I just remember the photo albums in order, like watching the fucking Star Wars trilogy. And I'm there like, oh go. yeah, 1997, Heisman's Bar. That's when that happened. But I'm not even <laughs> remembering the memory. I'm just remembering because I've looked through my photo albums a thousand times where it is in the timeline of my photo albums. And they're like, oh my God, how do you remember that? I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm just brilliant, man. That must be it. <laughs> I, no, it, just triggers, it triggers so much. Cause, you know, once you see the pictures, then all of a sudden things start triggering in your mind. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that night. Or, oh, yeah, I remember that party. <laughs> so, no, it's really cool. And the older we get, the more we need those triggers. Exactly. All right, let's move on to the next thing. We are going to be off in August. Um, we've got some projects going on. I'm calling it Dark August. I'm going to put up a little podcast explaining why, but I'm going to be taking a road trip, me, Dee, and hopefully Fern, and my daughter. I'm bringing, taking Vivian out of school for a week, 
because this okay. is Memorial or Labor Day, rather Labor Day week. And we are going on a road trip and I'm going to shoot some really cool footage. Um, hopefully I'm going to make it up to Apollo's son's cabin so we can do finishing the process. And we're going to just film it live as he puts all this stuff together. That's cool. That's going to be really, really cool. But I have some other surprises that I won't release yet. So this is the last musical osmosis we'll be doing until we come back in September. All right. Well, while we're on break, and we have so many great archives, I think we've got 60 or 70 episodes of just this podcast alone. Dee, where can everybody find our fabulous archives? Of course, there's a few different super easy ways. You can either just type in www.tincan.media and hit enter. Or you can look for us on iTunes or on castbox.fm on either one of those apps. Uh, We have the Kettle of Fish Show and Musical Osmosis are both available on those. For everything else, you'll just have to go old school and go to tincan.media. TinCan.media, not TinCanMedia.com. We have our own extension. It's TinCan.media. All righty, guys. Tonight's guest, I ran across him on YouTube, as I do so many different guests on here, and I was just flabbergasted by the energy level and the stage presence of this cat. I was just blown away, started digging in. I knew I had to learn more. So let's get tonight's guest in here. Yeah. Who do we have on tonight? Or I guess I could just introduce him, right? Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> Make up my mind. No, tonight, uh, formerly of The Booze, now of Pine and Tolliver, we have Mr. Chaz. Chaz, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? I'm doing, doing good, great, man. man. Thank you so much for calling in tonight. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased to be here. Right on. That's what we like to hear. All right, so before we totally dive in, going through your stuff, I have to tell you, you are probably one of the most charismatic frontmen we have ever had on the show. You are a fucking monster on stage. Your oh, energy uh, level is insane. Oh, right on. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, there's a difference between you know the person I am uh, like right now, even uh, all of the time, really, and the person that I am. Uh, when I'm on stage. You're pretty mild-mannered in everyday life, like when you're going to the post office or the grocery store, I can't imagine you're bouncing off the walls, right? Right, right. For the most part, you know, I'm pretty chill. And so it's like, I don't know, there's, I guess the music and being on stage is like the, uh, the space, the safe space, so to speak, to use new single terms. It's Uh, like an outlet for you, if you will. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But is it like professional wrestling? Are we just seeing Chaz Tolliver cranked up to 10? Is it just your personality, but put under like a giant magnifying glass? Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's kind of like, uh, uh, yeah, like popcorn. You know, you just put it under those conditions and and that's what happens. I think that's very apt. So um, do you have to psych yourself out? Like, how do you prepare to get up on stage like that and just... Because you're somebody, there's a lot of people who are like, I'm in it for the music, man. But I can tell you are driven by music. Does it just come naturally? Or do you have to do these little rituals and psych yourself up to kind of get into that mind frame? Because you're in a different universe when you're up there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Well, you know, 
I don't have to do, I don't do anything to get into that space. However, um, I do, I do prepare myself. I do, uh, like a lot of stretching and warming up and stuff. I prepare my body and my voice. Right. Um, and usually, uh, between those, between like those kinds of warm up exercises and stuff and, uh, just kind of the anticipation of the show, um, that's kind of enough to clear my head, uh, also. And then when I, so when I, by the time I get up on the stage, I'm like primed. I'm like a primed and clear and stuff. And then, you know, once once the music starts, just on. Are you the kind of guy that gets rattled by pressure or is playing in front of two people the same for you as playing in front of 150 people? Uh, it's not the same. I, playing in front of 150 people, you have the benefit of their energy. Um, right on, yeah. true. And so, uh, as, especially the experience for myself is different. Now, playing for two people, uh, as we have done many times in the booze, uh, is more like it's the same. It, it's the same kind of thing because you can't. You know, there might be a, playing in front of two people who are into it. You know, they're still going to get you know um, way more of the same show as if we're playing in front of in front of like maybe like thirty people who are who were like really not into it at all. I can't oh, even wow. imagine someone yeah. not being into it. Your music is infectious, man. It's such a throwback that you can't listen to it and not smile and just want to dance around <laughs> the room. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. You'd be surprised. Um, I was surprised. But, uh, but still, it's kind of like one of those things that once you, once you get together, once you're in that uh, situation with the other guys and stuff, it's just kind of like there's really no in between, you know. You're just on, it's just on or off. There you go. I hear you, man. All right, let's talk about some booze, and then we can move on to your latest project because you guys are from Atlanta, a city I personally love, and you have uh-huh. a very distinctive sound. How much of that sound is influenced by the city of Atlanta itself, that does have its own vibe? And how much of it is influenced by the artists you guys were influenced by and grew up loving? I would say we're more influenced by the artists we grew up with. Uh, although it's kind of... Okay, so we are influenced by the artists we grew up with because that's why we wanted to make music. But also there's the kind of underlying thing of why we wanted to make music is because we wanted to make music that uh, really wasn't being made around us. So we weren't seeing... Uh, enough of what we wanted to hear. We weren't hearing enough of one, what we wanted to hear. Um, and then we would, you know, we would watch our influences and be like, you know, how come nobody's doing this? Well, well we're going to have to do it. Um, and did you feel like it's something that the city of Atlanta wanted, that there was a crowd out there, a fan base out there for you guys when you first jumped into this? Uh, or were you like, man, we're fucking that- crazy? No, it, well, no, it was, it was, it's not really, wasn't really so much that it was because you have to understand, uh, so back in the beginning, me and Randy, uh, started the booze, uh, well, we started the booze after high school, but we had been doing music together since middle school, middle school yeah. and high school. From a very early time, it was like, we're musicians and this is what we're going to do. By the time we got to the booze and the way the booze sounded, 
um, it was more, uh, it was kind of after, you know, we had worked out in high school, kind of uh, played around doing different things, experimenting musically and things like that. And then finally we were like, all right, let's do, let's basically do the most, you know, professional put together thing that we can do. You know, we were like, we're going to, we're going to just draw from the best influences we can find. And we're just going to try to make the best records we can make. So when did you, um, when did you, uh, just from your sound and everything, I know, like you said, you can definitely hear the influences and it ranges. It ranges from like the Almond Brothers all the way to like the Kinks to like the Stones. Uh-huh. When did uh-huh. you actually get into music? Cause like even the, even the, the, the individual posts that you put, cause it seems like you always, you like, you like to put out what you feel and you, and you like to show it to people. So when did you right. actually oh, like, yeah. when did it, when did it really hit you? Like, Hey, I, I want to do this, or this is something that I would like to do. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's funny when I was a kid, even when I was a little kid, I would, um, I was like obsessed with Michael Jackson. And um, nice. I would like sing and dance. I would like basically imitate Michael Jackson. To be um, fair, Michael Jackson was obsessed with little kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, the energy. <laughs> there you go. We picked Too up soon. on that energy. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Sorry, anyway, didn't mean to derail. Uh, no, that was great. Uh, so, anyways. Um, that's, that was just kind of like a foreshadowing, so to speak. Uh, and then, actually, um, when I really got into it uh, was actually when I met Randy, who's a musician starting in his teenage years. He's not anymore, but uh, he was like kind of the beginning influence of me being around bands and things like that. Um, okay. And and so like hanging out with him and his friends who do music and stuff like that, there was already that kind of influence. The seed was already there. Um, and like I said, from my earlier childhood as well. Um, and so then by the time I met Randy, uh, who was already who already knew he what he was, um, and you know we got together and it was like. Uh, uh, it was just that magic of creating music with another that person. Magic it feels was like, good. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, oh okay, yeah. So who's uh, writing the lyrics? Because you guys have a very, I would say, resonating type of lyrics. When I listen to your lyrics, once again, it's kind of a throwback, and it kind of ties uh-huh. in to the, just the whole vibe. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, both of us, Randy and I, both. Randy's the original songwriter um, thing, and I've kind of been trying to play catch-up to him ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, And so uh, that's kind of of how we approached the songwriting was like, uh, you know, Randy would have an idea. We would be listening to something, and he would have an idea or whatever. And we just kind of developed it from there. Um, in our early adulthood years, uh, we're full of misadventures and, um, you know, just the kind of stuff that you can write songs with. 
<laughs> yeah, those adventures definitely come in handy. Let me sidetrack you real quick because I want to make a point and then we've got to move on. Your right. videos are just on a caliber that I would put against any other music videos I've seen. Is the same person producing your videos, especially that video for Down on Your Luck? I thought that was a pretty, like, mm-hmm. just visually stellar video. Who, yeah. Who's yeah. producing uh, these videos for you guys? Or for, you know, you. for the booze back then? Right. Um, thank you. Uh, those, so the, there are a few black and white videos. That was one of them. Um, there's the Now Dig This uh, series of videos and the um, Long Way Down, I think. Okay. Or maybe... No, I don't know. I can't remember which song. Uh, but anyways, um, that were made by Stan Rouse, um, who was a fan uh, at the time, uh, who did uh, a number of very, very kind things, kind and generous things for us. Oh, uh, nice. His resources. Um, but yeah, Stan is, uh, he works in um, television. Uh, I can't remember who for exactly but he works in television so that's kind of what he does for a living uh yeah he does an excellent job man yeah he does yeah yeah so um and so that was him initially and then the wild one music video um was made by uh this guy video raheem uh his production his company visual luxury and they uh they've been doing uh music videos for like biters and uh, a bunch of other people uh yeah that was one of the bands that came up on the side scroll with Mm -hmm. you guys too yeah yeah they've been making um music we were one of their first kind of rock and roll bands that they started making videos for uh back then they were doing a lot of work with like hip-hop artists and stuff before that all right, um, um, we got to talk some Pine and Tolliver, but first, kind of give us a lowdown what happened with the breakup, because I know um, the booze played yeah. it last show at the Star right. Bar, Halloween mm-hmm. 2011. Yep. Why did you yep. guys break up? And more importantly, with, being such an impactful band, at least in my opinion, I don't know how you were received in Atlanta, why do you guys think you never broke big nationally? Because that seems odd to me. Um. Okay, well... Uh... I hope we have enough time. <laughs> yeah, tell your story, man. That's what we're here for. Yeah. Yep. So what happened? So what happened? Um, in a nutshell, was um, my mental health uh, kind of um, deteriorated for a moment there. Um, okay. Uh, just like it was a number of things, like. Uh, for example, there was uh, a, a lot of dissonance with, um, for example, going out on tour and uh, and playing shows and you know being in a band and I'm in all these situations where I'm uh, you know a star and um, you know using my talents and all of that kind of thing. And then I'll go and work my day job. I was working at Lenscrafters. Um, nice. I used to work for Pearl. I was going to uh, say, I was like, wait a minute. Y'all have a connection there. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, just to go from being an artist to going to a corporate job for a living, uh, there is a growing kind of dissonance there that started to get to me. 
um, and, you know, the kind of like, uh, you know, lack of success, you know, have to go on tour, have to save money to go on tour, and then I spend all of my money going on tour, uh, and then come home broke, and having to go immediately back to work. And um, do it all again. Right. Yeah, we have the same struggles with the network, man. We are Um, dumping all kinds of money into the network. And my goal this year was just to make one dollar. I'm still waiting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then and then on top of it, and that that's kind of all like normal kind of stuff. And then on top of that, I was uh, just going through a depressive phase. I wasn't uh, I had not realized that I go through depressive phases at that time, but I was going through one. Um, and I was also had been for a couple you, of years prior. Let me interrupt real quick on that point. Do you think the music kind of gave you an outlet and made it less impactful? Or do you think the music actually kind of inflamed all these mental issues and depression because it was just so intense? Was it a net benefit or was uh, it kind of damaging you? Uh, well, the doing it, I, doing it was a benefit, but trying mm. to make it work was was detrimental. Yeah, I get um, it. And so, uh, and I was also, and another part of this actually was that I started experimenting. I'd been experimenting with psychedelic drugs. Um, okay. And so I was like, uh, kind of on this, like I need to. I need to like reconcile all of these crazy psychedelic experiences I've been having, um, and kind of and uh, and kind of just explore more of myself um, because I had just gotten kind of into this like felt like I was just this kind of caricature of myself at this point. So you gave um, yourself a personal of, hiatus, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I just was just kind of running on like clockwork at that point. I was just kind gotcha. of not deciding anything or, um, yeah, it was just kind of, I was in a real bad spot. Um, and so I just ended up having to, um, make some decisions that were kind of like exerting control over my life. Um, and and at that point, at that point, I was I was at the point where I was like I can't I couldn't go to another band practice I couldn't you know hear another song idea or like anything like that like it just I just couldn't do it. So you um, just opted out then because I've done that myself. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, totally. Sometimes you, you have to. You just have to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, and so, uh, and so then getting to, and so I ended up moving to the mountains, uh, for about five years, uh, five and a half years. And, uh, now I've been back, uh, for almost two years now. But there's no shame in that. I mean, even Ozzy shaved his head and moved to Australia. Oh to yeah. Well, Richard became a, a preacher and, you know. And that seems to be a cycle, too. And, I mean, Odell, we're from the music world. We grew up doing this. How many yeah. times have we seen yeah. people just kind of disappear, fall off the radar, and then they yeah. can come yeah. back even stronger than ever? Yeah, we did right. that. I mean, I think we've all had our, you know, on, on different levels. Yeah, I know I, I've done it. I've literally just, you know, taken time where I'm like, 
you know, fortunately for me, a, a big portion of, of playing, I was in college. So um, I was away from everybody for, you know, long periods of time where, you know, I really, when I got back home, I really appreciated playing music. But there was times where I was just like, okay, yeah, I can't wait to get back to school because I'm just, you know, either tired or, I'm, um, you know, yeah, I don't know how you, you know. went to college in those years, man, because we were going at it pretty hard with the booze yeah, and the yeah. party and, and the music yeah. and my hat's off to you because I, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to finish a fucking finger painting class during that time. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how you would like when, when, like when the Renota riders played my apartment, you like drove down from Frostburg. Yeah, I was. I, I was. Yeah. yeah, I think you guys talked me out of it because I was on my way down, and Ben was like, "I never I forget." Ben was like, "Dude, are you serious? You trying to get down here?" It's like <laughs> that's a five. Oh, like, did you not make it down trip. there? I thought you came down. Yeah, and it was like a four-hour trip. That is crazy. No, no, no. I was. I was about to. I was close to getting in my car to do it, but I, there. Yeah, it would have been a bad. It would have been a bad thing. <laughs> All right, well, let's do this. We're going to play Wild One from your old band of booze, and we're going to come back and talk some Pine and Tolliver.
Alrighty, guys, we are back, and we are ready to talk about um, your newest project, Pine and Tolliver. Um, yeah, man. Let's kind of chat about how this formed, because I know there was Tolliver and company before that. How did this project come together? Right. So um, I was doing, I moved back to Atlanta, and I was trying to, uh, you know, start my music career again. And um, I was uh, working with Randy again, and uh, he had, um, uh, he, Randy now does uh, Mateel. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's excellent. Okay. Um, Name sounds and, familiar. Uh, he, and so uh, we have a now mutual friend, Sean Thompson. Uh, he, Randy met Sean while he was playing with Curtis Harding. And so, um, anyways, Sean, uh, did some very beautiful guitar work, uh, for, for my Chaz and Co. song. Um, and subsequently got <laughs> extremely busy. Uh, and I hadn't been able to find really guitar player that can, um, play his part. Um, the way he does, and with his lack of availability, I've become just increasingly um, more frustrated with restless to right to do things and uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I just kind of decided to um, I don't know. I just had to do something, so I just decided to. Uh, I think I had made a post, maybe or something. I don't. I, I can't remember, but Noah at some point sent me a message on Facebook just saying like, Hey, if you want to hang out sometime, give me a call, let me know. And I was, uh, so one day I did. Um, and, uh, we just kind of, uh, jammed some ideas that, uh, both of us had had musically. And it kind of, it was that same kind of, uh, magic thing again. Uh, we just kept going from there in a short amount of, we've gotten a lot done in a short amount of time, actually. And, um, are you guys working both, on an album currently? Cause I know you sent me a couple new tracks. Yes. Yes, we are. Um, we're writing songs like crazy. Um, oh, good. We, we, yo, yeah, we've got, uh, we've got a ton of songs and we've got time booked with Randy who, uh, uh, is in production now. Uh, he has his own studio and he records bands and stuff. Um, engineering and producing, and so he's going to do a record. And do you so, think that's going to happen this year, or are you looking at a 2019 release? Uh, we're going to try to do it this year. Um, I mean, we're going to try to get you know have all of our material recorded um, by probably the end of September or mid September, um, and then. Um, try to get something released by like Halloween. Uh, probably Halloween is probably the deadline for any kind of release after Halloween. It's like no use. <laughs> and how's the, how's the feel? Cause the, the, the couple songs I heard, it's more, it's like, it's more f like funk and, and, and soul. Yeah. Uh, the stuff yes, that you guys are doing. Yeah. It's very danceable. Uh, it's very, um, yeah, it's very funky and groovy and, and just kind of, um, you know, we're trying, it, we're, we're doing the same thing, uh, again, we're just trying to make the best 
write the best songs that we can write and make the best um, recordings we can. And we have great musicians, um, some people that Noah has known, um, Tomas Legato and Mitch Guth, um, uh, who are bringing their sensibilities into the mix and uh, really creating something really special because it really doesn't sound really like anything. I mean, we've got Noah playing a Rhodes, mm-hmm. um, which has its own unique sound. Um, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. You'll just have to wait and see. You'll just either have to come to a show or wait and see. <laughs> Heck yeah, definitely, um, man. And there's there's elements of, uh, you know, we write songs together, so there's a lot of us singing at the same time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're just, we're just really trying to focus our energies, um, as, as, you know, trying to get that magnifying glass sunlight point as hot as we can, as hot as we can get it. And, and this is kind of the whole, what's really gelling with us for Pine Tolliver is that we're both just at a point in our lives where we can't, we're not concerned with doing anything else really <laughs> you know we're that's like, good. yeah Heck we yeah, have, man. yeah we don't have any family we're not you know we neither of us really are particularly social um at this point in our lives yeah you know, take we, advantage we, of that we are not involved <laughs> in music and our friendships with other musicians um so we're just focusing it all pouring it all into just creating doing making the best thing we can Right on. Well, let's yeah, uh, let's finish up with this because we got to move on to our next segment. Because as I was looking yeah. into your history, one thing I'm really interested in from the booze, which did break up in 2000, well, 2011, 2011 <laughs> to now, what takeaways do you have from the booze? Like, what did you learn? What missteps did you make with those guys that you're not going to make again? What things did you do right? You feel like in that band that you're utilizing now to promote yourself and get your music out there. How have you grown as an artist since then? Oh, wow. That's, uh, that's a big question. Yes, it um, is. I like to end big. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, well, uh, let's see. One thing is, really the main thing is don't stop, you know, what it, wherever, what am I trying to say? I try, like sometimes um, with a, a point of motivation you know, for me, sometimes if I think about the time that I've spent not doing music and I think about uh, the time that I, you know what I mean? Like all the. Mm-hmm. So you have more of a takeaway from your, you have more of a takeaway from your downtime then, than from the oh, time so before when you were playing music. I, I think so. Um, I think so. Uh, wow. And really, um, I mean, you know, it's just that kind of like, don't take that kind of thing for granted kind of thing. Definitely, definitely. Um, and, al- and also, um, but also there are things like, for example, um, not to uh, not to book certain certain shows. Be, be, be more careful about the shows you book and why you're booking the shows. Uh, so you're uh, allowing yourself to be more picky then. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, and also, um, yeah, just those kinds of things like, like, you know, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time, um, you know, trying paying for uh, paying for CDs to make a release. You know, get some get get a record label, some company to press vinyl for you, 
you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, vinyl's where it's There you go. Amen. Yeah. You know, so there are this kind of practical things also. Um, But really, yeah, a lot of it was actually from my downtime uh, and just kind of of seeing, seeing. Another thing that happened is, you know, I quit the booze, quit doing music altogether. And, um, and suddenly, you know, a year later, suddenly I'm seeing all of these bands, all these great bands coming around being out. And it's like, you know, where were all you guys when I was, when, you know, when I was trying to, to make you left it, you a know, hole like, there, man. Yeah. The and, yeah. Yeah. And so, and so just being out of it and watching things, how things have, uh, progressed and evolved and uh, kind of seeing the state of where music is now and what people are listening to and what people dig um, is m- way more encouraging now than it was at the at the time when I quit the booze. Um, okay. Which is kind of fun of, to answer, to get into a little bit of that question that you asked previous of why do I think, why don't I think things happen with us? Uh, really, number one is I didn't stay stick with it long enough. Two, um, I had my doubts about uh, just m- kind of musical musical climate, uh, and you know, dubstep is more popular than ever, and you know that kind <laughs> of thing. And DJs still continue to dominate. Um, and yeah, Odell, it's like what I used to say um, before. All the time growing up, I was like, people were like, man, dude, you got bad luck. I was like, no, 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 I have bad timing. <laughs> I don't have yeah, bad yeah. luck. I have bad fucking timing. Bad timing. Yeah, exactly. yeah, same way for us. Yeah, same way with my last band I was in. It was so crazy. We were, we were like a pretty heavy, you know, three piece, you know, influenced by like very heavy sounding bands like Hum and those type of bands, but it was fronted by uh-huh. a, a, a lady. And then all of a sudden, literally, we broke up. And then it was like all these women fronted bands were like, we were like, man, <laughs> what the heck, man? Where was this like two right. years ago? <laughs> That's the cosmos <laughs> kicking you when you're down. Yep. Yep. All right, let's yep. finish this up. We got to get out of here. Um, Chaz, I want to thank you so much for calling in tonight. It was a delight. Yes, Tell man. everybody you. what you got coming up this summer in Atlanta. Are you doing any kind of touring? Or are you just trying to stay at home base and just really concentrate on the work and getting that album out? What do you have coming up this summer, the rest of the summer? Uh, well, we're, uh, we're, we're just going to keep working and doing everything we can. I mean, we're going to be, um, like I said, we're working on recording this record. Um, we're going to be, um, we're going to be booking shows. Uh, we have, we do acoustic. Uh, we have an acoustic set. That's just me and Noah. And then also we have a full band, of course. And it's two, and it's actually two pretty different things. Um, uh, even though there's, overlapping the songs but anyways uh so we're just going to be booking shows uh with uh you know as many great bands as we can um and trying to get our music out there um and check out our instagram because we're always you know every time we write a new song we post something and uh yeah i follow you guys i just got on instagram yeah Yeah, we're oh we're going to be launching a website also um very soon. It's not up yet, but uh, do you have like a band camp or a SoundCloud or anything up yet? Not yet. Nothing like that. Only Instagram. We're we're uh, we're trying to stay focused um, with our um, 
trying not to have too much going on in that realm while we're, we're getting the music together. Um, and then once we have uh, material recorded and that kind of thing, um, we'll get more into uh, the outlets of getting that material out of, you know, websites and distribution on Spotify and all that. All that I think that's that. smart, man. You can't force right, it. Heck yeah. That's one of the big problems I used to have. And Odell can attest to this because he was in a band oh. with me. I mean, I would yeah. be like, let's play outside in this barbecue. But, dude, it's going to rain. No, no, let's do it. And remember that time I made <laughs> you get all the equipment out of the van and it rained two seconds later? And you're yeah. like, man, you're an asshole. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm just excited. Uh, yeah. yeah, just you can't, like, force things. Dude. I, had a, I used to have a big problem trying to force stuff to work. Banging right, those yeah, fucking yeah. square pegs in the round holes. And it did well. <laughs> nicely. All righty, sir. Let me thank you so much for calling in. Yeah, um, man. Uh, wish the best me. of luck, and we will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Seth. Welcome to The Process with Apollo's Son, where rapper Apollo's Son walks us through the creation of his upcoming album, It Can Get Better, detailing the joy, struggles, and pain that motivates him to keep telling his story through his music. All righty, guys, here we are. Can you believe it? Week six of the process. Every other week we've been doing it, but this is the sixth week this has been going on. Apollo, how's the um, process going this week? Hey, guys, what's up? What's up, Nick? What's up, Odell? Hope you guys are having a wonderful week. Yeah, hey, it's actually you too, been man. a pretty decent week for us. Yeah, yeah, it's actually, uh, this, is, this is interesting that, uh, you know, that we're talking right now because of where I'm my location. I'm actually looking at like, I'm standing over one of the most well-known overlooks in all of Pennsylvania at a place called world's end state park. And it's the only place I get service. So like, you know, like I said, I was in a hurry to drive up here to get service, but it, it's been raining torrential downpours. Bridges are closed, mass tons of flooding and, and all through uh, central PA, northern PA, like along the Susquehanna River and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, so on the drive up here, I didn't even know if the park was going to be open because it's right near a massive creek and everything up here. I mean, there's there's literally waterfalls being formed coming down off the hills in the creek. So this Damn. is actually pretty interesting having a conversation yeah. on the top of a mountain. And we're on Meth <laughs> Mountain, so this is like mountain to mountain. Yeah, yeah, man. We should have like cups with strings extending from mountain to mountain and see. Would you works. say with tin cans at the end? Oh I boy! Would, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a zinger. That was good. That was good. So, and Odell's not uh, that far from you. He's in Baltimore, and he was like, "Hey, man, I might be calling it a little bit late because the weather out here is just insane." Yeah, I was just yeah. well. I was just down in Baltimore yesterday. I had to go to BWI to uh, pick my parents up from a a, a flight. And that's when all this crazy rain started and stuff in the car yep. I was using did not have very nice tires. There were accidents on the beltway down there. Everywhere I went, there were accidents, you know, so everywhere. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. man. I know. I feel your pain, man. <laughs> yeah. People lose their mind when it comes to driving in that area. I remember living in that area and it is just, it is, I don't, I'm a guy who didn't even take his driving test. They accidentally gave me a license without me taking my test. So I can only imagine how many people out around that area 
don't like yeah. went through the same thing I did where they're like, Oh, your car has a headlight out. Come back and take your test. And I came back and they're like, well, what do you mean? You already have your license. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. That's let's good. move on to some music. Anyway. All right. Let's go. jump back in here. Um, you sent me a song this week, sunlight on my porch. I listened yep. to it. I think, um, mm-hmm. D phrased it best. She's like, Hey, I like the song, but it is mm-hmm. unsettling. And I thought that was kind of a good word to capture it. Right. D. Yeah, it is. It's, I like it and it's interesting. And I mean, it's a really good and well put together song, but because it is so well put together, just the way, and I think that I have to assume that's what you were going for because it is, it's, it's, it's just unsettling. Like you, you can enjoy it, but I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's like driving on the wrong side of the road for an American. It's like, you know yeah i like yeah. it though i like yeah, it yeah it's it thank you it's interesting well what what did what did you want to say about it nick oh no what i was saying is when i listened to it the first thing it kind of popped in my head when you get a beat like this and it has a very it, it resonates a very distinct type of sound do you listen mm-hmm. to that immediately and go i know exactly where i want to go with a beat like this or do you still have to work through the process like you do with any other kind of beat that you get uh, it depends, really. I just knew that when I heard that beat, I'm I'm a fan of really choppy samples and stuff that almost sounds a little off kilter at times. In terms of production, you know, I'm uh, growing up. I like guys like Madlib and Jay Dilla. That yeah. their production was a little skewed. A lot of times they weren't quantizing things, so stuff was very rigid and almost sounded a little bit off at times. But I enjoy that. I like rapping over that kind of stuff because it's a little weird and bizarre. And that beat caught my ear uh, instantly. And compared to the truth be told, up until this point, it's my most favorite beat on the entire project. So I actually have a lot of people that uh, really enjoy it. I've had some people that have some criticisms of it. I have criticisms of it as well. And I and we could talk about that because, again, it's the raw recording and there are some mess ups and things like that in there and i can point them out um but um in terms of what d said that's actually the second time i heard that that song was unnerving to someone uh one of my friends that you know gave their opinions on it was that it was very un un i think he said unsettling but rad he called it rad yeah you know because the the lyrics on the song it goes from you know, super positive to like really dark places, especially in the mm-hmm. third verse. The third verse in the song is probably the most honest verse I ever wrote in my entire life. It's where I openly admitted that growing up, I have had codependency issues and, you know, I've used people to fulfill that codependent, you know, that codependency issue. And I just wanted to be as honest as I could, because I know we all have you know, twisted and fucked up things inside of us at times. And I'm the first person to stand up and admit and say, look, I'm here and I'm not perfect and I'm human because I want other people to feel like they're in a safe space that we don't have to walk around bottling up these things that, that haunt us. And, and that particular issue is, has been a major haunting issue in my life since I was probably, you know, 16 years old. I was diagnosed with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, quote unquote, um, by the time I was 13 years old and that resulted in this codependency issue that would, you know, whether 
be like addictive with something like drinking or smoking cigarettes or whatever. Like I, I cling and I become dependent on those things and they put me in these comfort, you know, these comforting zones. And so on that song, that third verse, I really wanted to document that truth about me because I don't, you know, I'm not here to hide who I am. But you I were honest for, out the gate though, right? I mean, I'm a, right oh, yeah, the beginning yeah, of a song. Yeah. It's like, I would mm-hmm. smile more, but I'm missing a tooth and I have good right, eyes, yeah. but I gaze down at the ground. So, I mean, you weren't pulling any punches from fucking not at all. sentence yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I mean, I wanted, you know, like I've said in the past, I'm trying to be as honest as possible. Um, but this particular song, I really wanted to um, just be as candid as I could, as I, human, you know, could humanly possible and that's where the whole i actually that song right there i know last week in terms of the writing process um this particular song i ended up writing seven verses for it wow so how do you figure what you're going to edit out of that yeah Uh, well uh the one verse was two verses that i liked the first half of the one verse i wrote but i didn't like the second half and then in the other verse i liked the second half and didn't like the, the first half. So I combined them. Nice. Okay. You know, so I, I chose the words that I felt worked the best. And like I said it before that there are times where I feel that I write like a warm up verse. And for this particular song, every time I'd write a verse, I would be like, man, it's not, that's not it. Or it's not good enough. Or it's not, it doesn't strike you, you know, enough. And so by the seventh verse, I worked the kinks of the flow out where I felt that the flow was really on point with the beat um, and the breath control and all that stuff was good. I worked that out. And then I think um, I ended up keeping one of the, the, the verse where I say uh, about missing a tooth, uh, that was one of the first verses I wrote. So I did keep one of the earlier verses. And then the last verse was the last verse I actually wrote in that whole string. And then the second verse was the one that I combined two verses from in between those pieces to make the second verse. So very happy with how it came out. And a a good friend of mine um, uh, was actually at the recording studio randomly. And he he sings and he he raps and puts out his own music. Uh, He goes by the name Fat Hentoff. And uh, he used to be... He used to go by the name Mellow Drum Addict and would sing, oh, wow. actually sang on some of my earlier projects. And so he was there and he started like humming behind me on the chorus and stuff. And he started singing his own little thing. And I was like, dude, will you please like layer this chorus for me? Because I can't hit these high notes. My voice just doesn't sound good in that range. Can you help me out? And he did. And that's where we got that part. But, you know, when we get closer to the song, if you want, we could talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, let's uh, play the song. But first, I'm sorry, Adele. You... No, I was just gonna say, do you, uh, you, have you always been this detailed in your in your writing process and recording no. process? Because this thing, like, it's like you're pulling stuff out, you're cutting stuff up, you're throwing it on the floor, you're mixing yeah. it up, you're looking at it, and you're like throwing it back up on the wall to see if that yeah, works. Yeah, he's going Professor it's very X detailed. on this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is the most picky I've been. I I did a recording session Monday. And I got so particular that night that I would go into the individual verses and any of the lines that I did that sounded, one of the issues I run into with my voice and the way that my mouth moves is sometimes certain words don't blend together very well when I, when I rap them and they'll sound a little bit slurred. I'm very big into enunciation 
you know, and pronouncing my words in their entirety. And sometimes they'll blend in a way and I hear it. Other people probably don't notice it, but I do because I know that's not how I speak. So when I hear it, I'm like, eh, I don't, I can't mess with that. So I'll, okay. I'll go in and, and I'll look at the individual line where the issue occurred and I will figure out, okay, is it a breath control issue? Is the breath control issue in the beginning of the line, in the middle of it, at the end? Wow. Or, wow. or yeah, do, I to, you know, do I need to remove a word? And That's I will, a very I will granular level of breaking yeah, shit down. Yeah, because I, like I said, I'm, I'm very, this is the most important record that I ever put out. And it's more about me proving to myself that I can operate on a professional level as an MC where you could put me on a stage with whoever the greats are. I mean, I've shared stages with some very well-known and respected artists. I mean, I ciphered with KRS-One and, you know, I've done th things with, with people and that's not tooting my own horns. That's just that but no. <laughs> I've developed a, a level of professionalism that got me there. But now I'm at a place where I want to be able to step into any type of cipher with my own style, you know, that hard on your sleeve kind of thing, but yep. technical, you know, when somebody listens to the words coming out of my mouth, there's a rhythm to it that they relate to in terms of it being hip hop, because there's just like, there's a sound that I can't really explain it. It's more of a feeling that you get. And I'm trying it's to reach that place. Yeah, it's the same way Nick Nick can attest to it. It's the same way with a like with a band. It's, you know, it's just like a MC. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a certain sound that you know is going to come out of this band. They may take whatever they're working on and and do something different. But once it's played, you're like, oh yeah, I know who that is, or I, I that sounds mm -hmm. very familiar, yeah. or that sound is that, and, and and it sounds like that's what you know, you're trying to create or establish, you know, for example, like, like, what have I been, I've been listening to that, the, the Royce five, nine album. And then now, you the know, the one, yeah, man, Whew, good Lord. And, um, the, the song like with Eminem on there, the caterpillar mm -hmm. song, and you're listening to that mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah, these two, this is their sound. And when they're together, this is the sound that they create. And you're like, yeah, this is them. This is, this is their sound from yep. Detroit. This is what it is. Yeah. And this is how, yeah. Well, yeah. we've talked we about tell. that before too, Adele. How like a veil sounds like Richmond, and there's yeah. certain bands and Discord bands sound like DC, and yeah. I think that's where I'm somebody who's and D can attest to this. I attest to this. I'm very OCD myself. All my movies are totally mm -hmm. organized. All my comic books, everything is organized to a fault. Mm -hmm. But this is where mm -hmm. I think OCD is a net gain because you can sense that symmetry. That may be somebody else who's not so OCD and obsessive compulsive about every single thing, like just being even on each side of every yeah. equation. And music's just an equation, in my opinion, at the right. end of the day. I agree. This is it where is. OCD yep. is a net gain, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can, it can be a detriment now. Don't, don't. But I'll if, if you're if living you, with me. Yeah, yeah. If, you, <laughs> if you're, well, I mean... And, and Apollo can probably attest to this too. There's sometimes where you're just like, you know what? I got to go with this. Cause your human, that human instinct is like, no, it can be better. 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 And then the other part of you is like, man, put it out. <laughs> yeah, once you, yeah. you, you know, it, it, you get to that point. I mean, Nick, we played with bands that we've had people that never really played that many shows is because they were just trying to be too perfect. And we would always be like, 
was yeah, and we'd be like, that, dude. they were the most yeah. insanely meticulous, musically technical band that we knew, and they played like five shows, and they should have played five hundred shows. They were, and it was they like, were musicians, yeah, musicians. and they were just like, no, we need to keep on working, and everybody'd be like, no, just play, just play, and and mm-hmm. then go from there. But you got to get it out, man. You, I mean, you're gonna kill yourself if you say this. You think you're going to get everything. We're human beings. <laughs> right. We are not a machine, and, you know. <laughs> right. And often people, you know, people don't notice when it comes to creation, you know, and art. A lot of times people that are observing the art, they don't reckon, they don't notice the little nuances that you notice about your exactly. creation. You know what yep. I mean? And they're just like, what are you talking about? You know, I. I, I put out like this little unreleased project a few years ago. And one of the things I said was, I said, I'm so modest. In fact, I can't even stand my own voice box when I rap. Wow. So, like, <laughs> other people will, people will listen to my music and they'll tell me I've gotten comparisons to Everlast from, you know, house of pain, but now he yeah. does a lot of singing and, and, sing songy rap stuff. And people compare me. I'm like, first of all, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I don't hear it, but you know, people's perspective could be completely different than yours. Yeah. And you don't wreck. So it, there does come a point, like Odell said, where you just, you just got to put it out because no matter what you do, no matter how much you, you know, you think you nailed a song, there's somebody out there that's going to be like, man, that song sucks. You know? Yeah. You're yeah, not going to please everybody. Yeah, you make a right. great point, though, man. I used to sit back and think, man, I wish I could quantum leap into one of like the people close to me's body and see how they're seeing me, because I, I get yeah. misunderstood a lot, and I'm like, man, dude, like, how are yeah, people yeah. fucking seeing me? Like, how are people like attacking me? Or even like mm-hmm. back before the political thing, like somebody would think I was trying to manipulate or run all over them, and I just had the best intentions. And I'm, and then right. I had to take a step back and. Somebody said something not long ago. They were like, look, if you're in a position where people are looking at you or looking towards you, you're not just responsible for what you say. You're responsible for what others hear. And I try to take that to heart now and go, okay, I'm not just responsible for the words coming out of my mouth. I'm responsible for how they're going to be received. We've got to talk about this song. Let's play the new song. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about the things that you want to change about it. This is Sunlight on My Porch. That I should smile more, I know that I should And if I didn't have a missing tooth, just know that I would I know my eyes are alive, but often look at the ground I'm scared and shook, they compare the books that we bound I know it's stupid, it sounds just like the musings of clowns But every word within my music is like shooting off rounds Releasing truth with the hounds, when they pounce on the prey The prey see themselves doing battle with themselves every day I got plenty, even with an empty page I dance with my devils till we center in an empty stage I'm sick of seeing Great, I'll do better. So if I gotta sing the blues, I think I'll choose new weather. I cannot measure up the standards that I've set. I refuse to pay to live where we live to pay debt. But it's a safe bet, brain chain the lame threats. I'll kill the snake that's been sent to drain my veins next. I'll keep fighting, I'll keep fighting for the sunshine on my face, the sunlight on my porch. I'll keep walking, I'll keep walking towards a brighter day. Past ignored, and then I 
keep fighting, I keep fighting for the sunshine on my face, the sunlight on my porch. I keep walking, I keep walking towards a brighter day, my life restored. See, my depression is a real thing, but so are the smiles. Since I've been sober, I'm like, wow, I've been sober a while. No more emotional child who lets emotions get wild. No more fighting for the people that hang up when you dial. They say that life is a trial. Sometimes it's light and then dark. Sometimes a knife is what it takes to bring light to a heart. So with the mic, I will start. I spit the real shit with ease. And I hope y'all really feel it, but I'm not here to please. I'm only curing disease. That is my purpose with these bars that leave trees carved with deep hearts that bleed. I believe I'm getting smarter and learn to let go. It starts with a single step. Take that single step slow. Don't linger in the hex with anger on your breath. Cause words can either heal or lead the hurt a certain death. Release the hurt instead. Keep the cold lessons close. Cause with every blessing is a message that we love. I keep fighting. I keep fighting for the sunshine on my face, the sunlight on my porch. I keep walking. I keep walking towards a brighter day. The past ignored and then I keep fighting. I keep fighting for the sunshine on my face, the sunlight on my porch. I keep walking. I keep walking towards a brighter day. My life restored. And I cheated in my mind because I knew I didn't love. I spent too many years using women as my drug. I was dumb, codependent, but depending on the day, I would either pull people in or push them all away. Say, I try every motherfucking day to break the chains. This life is such a vicious cycle that I can't explain. Whose mechanics got abandoned in my brain? I need to reset or eject from the plane. It's a game, it's a shame that certain people vanish. Every lesson is a blessing, even if it causes damage. So grab a bandage, try to manage not to look at time. Clean a cook, read a book, see between the lines. I'm redefined, let this preacher speak his mind. And if you choose not to listen, turn your speaker to the side. I found a deeper pride, recognize truth. I'm confessing my aggression when I step into the booth. So I, I keep fighting. I keep fighting for the sunshine on my face, the sunlight on my porch. I keep walking, I keep walking towards a brighter day. The past ignored, and then I keep fighting. I keep fighting for the sunshine on my face, the sunlight on my porch. I keep walking, I keep walking towards a brighter day. My life restored, and I. Alrighty, so I listened this time with a critical ear, and I was mm-hmm. like, let me try to guess what Apollo's going to find that he's not exactly pleased with on this track, and I couldn't find anything. Well, what's going on? What on this track are you not, was not meeting your expectations? Uh, really, what it needs uh, is a lot of mixing done to it. On the chorus, you'll notice in the beginning leading into it, you hear a background almost there's a sample that comes in, but there's background vocals of like a humming, the do, 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 that. Um, I don't know. Odell, did you notice that? No, I, I, I like the, I, I thought the beat was, I thought, I thought, yeah, I liked it. Well, that, really, that really part is, that's strictly just a mixing issue. It just needs to be turned down because I oh, feel I like what it's you're clashing saying. with, yeah, with a part of the sample. And in the last, last verse, there's one line where I say, whose mechanics got abandoned in my brain. Right. If mm-hmm. Remember when I was saying about getting picky over words? Well, when I say abandoned, I don't say abandoned. I just say abandoned. Like abandoned, like the, the, that the, the, there's like a syllable missing out of the, out of the word. And it, uh, to me, it's one of those yeah. words that's, that I don't like the way it blends in 
to the rest of the line. So I, I'm probably going to let that one alone because the problem is I recorded that song in one, one night. If I go back to it a week from now, my voice could be different. I could, you know, who knows what could be going on vocally that if I try to replace that line where I might not even be able to match that tone, you know, and it'll right. just sound like a, you know, it'll be like a sore thumb or stand out like a sore thumb or whatever people say. And, you know, so that particular one I'm going to let alone, but the chorus, I just want to bring those harmonies in the background of that humming and bring that down low, not the sample itself in the beat, but the vocal. that's, that's my, my friend, uh, melodramatic, well, fat Hentoff. he recorded these harmonies and I love them. They just need turned down because they're clashing with the beat, in my opinion, too much. Okay. And I, I'm the only one that has said that so far. So well, you, know, you know, it's funny too because when I heard this, I was like, "Man, I bet you this was the easiest song for Apollo to write lyrics to, the easiest beat." But now hearing you talk, it sounds like it was the hardest beat for you to write to. Yeah, because I really wanted to do it right. You know, I really wanted, I really wanted this song. Every time I record a song, if I if I step away from it and the recording isn't clean and the recording doesn't catch my ear, I know that I'm not going to like the song. But if I feel the recording itself, the raw vocals and, and things like that sound aesthetically pleasing to me, I know that mixing will only make it sound better. So right. I'll keep that, you know. So normally when I hear a song where I'm like, ah, you know, I don't like the recording, I don't like the the tone of my voice or I don't like my flow or whatever. I'll end up either rewriting the song or scrapping it because I want to be, I want to feel good about every single song that I record. You know, the song I recorded two nights ago, it's called you never left. I, I didn't record the chorus. The beat is, um, needs rearranged in order to line things up. So when I recorded it, I didn't catch like where the chorus comes in because the beats there's like two bars missing or something like that, that we got to, that we got to work out. So I go in, I record three verses, but one starts here. Another, they don't line up in the way that a standard song structure should, you know, instead of having a eight bar uh, hook, you know, chorus break, there might be like four or there might be like six. And then I start rapping again. So the verses are all over the place. And I had to step away after I recorded it because I don't want to judge it until I get a chorus in there and until things are lined up right. Because when I first listened to it, I'm like, eh, it's not right. But that's not something that we can't fix, you know. So, um, but this particular song, I just really, 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 really wanted to like it when I was done. So I, I kept writing until I felt, you know, I'd write a verse and I would say, Bill, you, you know, you didn't dig deep enough on this verse. You didn't cut deep enough huh. because, you right. know, because I want there, there's a, there's a equal, there are two things I try to achieve when I write. One is I want to be as self-aware and poetically on point with expressing my feelings. So people get a very vivid picture of them. And two, I want those lyrics, no matter what they are to, essentially metaphorically speaking punch somebody in their heart those are my two goals no matter even if it's positive if it's a positive thing i want it to be some of the most positive shit you'll ever hear if it's um angry i want it to be i want people to experience because i'm a bit of a the, the term i see thrown around a lot is an empath so somebody that absorbs a lot of the people's emotions around them 
and feels those things. It's nothing for me to be around someone that's sad and for me to get upset as well. And I'm not saying that I'm not trying to upset people, but I am trying to unsettle people. And that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing, you know, someone's no, not at all dark, dark right. place. And I want to, you know, I, if they listen to one of my more positive songs and there's not very many of them, but when they listen to it, I wanted to unseat them from that place and at least show them that there is a better way, you know, or I want somebody that if they hear my music and they're a person that treats their part with them when they're done hearing it to be like, man, you know what? I don't want to fuck my partner up. Like this guy got That's fucked it. up by yep. his relationships and maybe they'll learn something from it and try to do, do better themselves. My music is designed not to enter. I'm not here. I'm not an entertainer. I don't want to entertain people. And there's a lot of people that listen to music strictly for entertainment, hence pop music. And that's yeah. not who I am. You know, my music, I want, I want my music to sound like you're sitting in a vehicle with me and we're talking about life together and we're expressing our authentic selves. You know, the versions of ourselves that isn't just out getting drunk and dancing. You know, I want people to question why we are here and why we exist and who we well, are. I think that whole vibe captures that though, man. And I've always said I'm way more into lyrics. I've always been a lyrics guy than I am yeah. into the music or the beat or the rhythm. So I've always mm -hmm. been a lyric driven person. And just mm -hmm. kind of going back to what you said before with somebody who hears something and you have to let it go like abandon, abandon the enunciation on that. Is it easier for you to let it go in a moment because everything's happening so fast and this is coming out and it's all new and you hear it and you go, okay, I'm just going to let that go? Or is it like a year from now you'll hear this and go, man, I really wish I didn't put that out like that? What's easier uh, for you to deal with in the now or like looking uh, six months, a year, 18 months back at something you've created? Yeah, uh, my, well, my egotistical self that wants to be satisfied now, obviously, it's easier for me to be like, yep, we're good, you know, and, and, and send it through. And it could be something that I know may have be might be a little off, but I'll let it go. Because again, we're human. And, you know, I, I, it doesn't need to technically be perfect, per se. But then I'll end up hearing it 18 months, you know, or a year later, be like, damn, I should have added that part, or I should have took that part out, or I should have wrote it like this, or I should have added this on the chorus. So now on this new record, I'm trying to keep that mentality in the now that so no down the road mentality. No, right. Yeah. I don't, I, when I'm done with this record, there, there, there will not be a single song that while other people may not like the song, I will know that I did everything in my power to make the song sound exactly how I envisioned it in my mind and my heart. Right on. I think that's Bye. a perfect place to end. Um, Apollo, I want to thank you so much for calling in. I know you're yeah, getting ready man. to go out. You're out in the mountains getting ready. Are you camping out there? What are you doing out there right now? Yeah, yeah. I came, I'm, I'm very much into nature and outdoors and camping and all that kind of shit. And um, I have a teardrop camper that it's just this little tiny thing. It's basically like a queen size bed on wheels, but it has a full kitchen. And I like, I, I try to get out as much as possible, you know, living in Pennsylvania, I try to 
find and track down all the most beautiful things in, in my state and go visit them because I'm in the find, right state for it. Yeah. yeah. And if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to live here for a while and I don't know where I'm going to end up down the road or, you know, the West coast is always looking nice to me, but you know, I like the Pacific Northwest, like, uh, the Oregon, Portland, Oregon area. I, yeah. I really, oh yeah. But, so oh, yeah. um, but while I'm here in Pennsylvania, I'm doing my, I hear so many people complain about where they're from and this, that, and the other thing. And the bottom line is that's where you're, that's where you are. So, you know, and I know they say you're not a tree, you can move and all those things. But if I'm going to be here for a while, I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze as much beauty out of the area that I'm in. I'm very much into finding like little quirky towns and visiting their main streets and walking and going into their stores and trying to support local businesses. Cause I'm very much, I'm, I'm a very big supporter of supporting your local economy. If we're going to have to play the money game, I at least want to keep it in the small families and you know things like that absolutely and And i heard something today that reminds me that i i this so weird i was just watching a show today and they they went out to this lake and the guy was like man i can't believe i've lived there 20 years i've never been here and the girl was like sometimes you got to be a tourist in your own town and I thought that, would, that like nailed yeah. it, man. No, we've right. been taking a, the family camping. I think we've been like three or four times in the last like month, just you know, yeah. right here in Maryland. It's, it's, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's scientifically proven that nature is a, uh, it's a healer. It's a, you know, it, it heals us because we are a part of nature. We're not separate from it, contrary to what people think, because we're so used to walking on asphalt and concrete and putting ourselves in buildings and things like that. But Staring into screens all fucking day. Yeah, 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 we are nature. You know what I mean? We are as much of a part of nature as a tree. And people have forgotten that we've been separated from it. So I do my best to get out into the woods as much as possible. And um, so I decided and with a lot of people visit the state parks on the weekends and things like that. Well, during the week, obviously, it's a lot less crowded because I'm a fan of I like taking things in with very limited amounts of people. So I decided to take a chance and come up here in the middle of the week. Of course, it's in the middle of all this crazy rain we're getting. But you know what? I enjoy camping in the rain because, one, I love the sound of rain. I think it's inspiring. You'll probably hear it somewhere on my album. I normally throw some sort of rain somewhere just because I love the sound of it. And um, so, yeah, decided to come out here and do a couple days of camping and we got here a lot later than what we originally thought. So my next step is to drive back down off this overlook and I have to set up a second tent on my, on my site and do it in the dark. But luckily I have lanterns and shit, but, uh, so yeah, man, I just wanted to get out and reconnect and do a little bit of a reset so I can come home. I just got a new beat today that I'm really interested in writing to. So I'm excited to reset out here enjoy time and then go back and get you know get back to the right album on well we definitely there appreciate you, you taking a break from all that to talk to us um i think sure. the next time we're going to talk we're going to at least me and d are going to try to make out your way and kind of cut a finishing the process type video do you think you'll be cool. done by labor day oh yeah yeah i have i have to be i have two major goals by labor day one of them is to have my cabin renovated to a place where i can live there full time um and the other is goal that the is the game to, plan to get in there full time oh yeah yeah that's going to be my primary residence and it's 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 everything i ever wanted in terms of a place to live i'm very much a fan of not having a mortgage i don't believe in um 
letting debt control our lives and things like that. I'm right so, there with you, man. Yeah, it's just I don't want to be a I don't want to be a wage slave. I hate to use that word because I know it sounds negative, but like, you know, we give too much of our time to things that we shouldn't be giving our time to. So my goal is to live as simply as possible so I can have more time to travel, go camping, write albums and not have to worry about what, oh well if I miss a if I miss my mortgage payment, you know, I'm going to be in in trouble. Like I'm there's no way obviously if I stop paying taxes and things like that, which is always an option in this world, but <laughs> they, you know, I won't lose my home, you know, so gotcha. it'll give me the ability to travel because once this album's out, I, I want to hit the road and get out there and do a lot of shows. And yeah. Stuff you can and, ask and D this. man. I will not do D we go to buy phones. I'm like, Nope, buying them outright. Don't want any fucking contract. Don't want any dead. Don't want that shit yeah. looming over my head when I go to bed at no. night. Yep. No, it just gives that's other it. people more control over your life. And that's not yeah. cool. I'm a big proponent of that. Yes, know, wise so. words. All right, let's get yeah. out of here. I know, I'm sure you got things to do. We all got things to do. Tell everybody yep. where we can find you online, and then we'll come out there, hopefully, knock on wood, make this work and do finishing the process. Cool. Uh, you can find all of my music for free on apollosun.com. I'll just spell it out, A-P-O-L-L-O-S-S-U-N dot com it'll redirect you to my Bandcamp page it's all uh, i think it's like pay what you pay what you want or whatever people if they want to they want all my music they can get it for free if they want to donate because it does take forever to do that stuff and it helps to create more music and pay for albums and stuff they can donate some money if not i'm not gonna have a fit about it but um i'm on youtube um instagram facebook if you just do searches for apollo sun uh, you'll find all my social, you know, social media accounts. I've been getting a lot more active on Instagram, less on Facebook because of dumbass algorithms. Keep you, you have basically have to pay for people to even see your shit. And I'm not into that stuff because to me, that's Facebook you know, fucking sucks. There was one yeah. time we had about 11,000 <laughs> followers and I came, I like, I logged in one day, we had like 8,000 and they were like, Facebook has removed users. We don't feel are interested in your page anymore. Like it's their fucking choice. Right. And they removed yeah. me from my own page. Yeah. I yeah, was still admin in it, but I wasn't following it anymore. I was like, I'm, yeah, I'm not they're, interested they're probably, in my own page. Yeah. They're probably using spiders and shit that crawl, you know what I mean? Like mechanically through the digitally. Yeah. Like runaway algorithms. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> but at any rate, um, I'm on all social media. Uh, there's music videos on YouTube, um, and I think that's about it. And the, the the gentleman that produces all of my stuff for the new album, he goes by the name Jay Boom of uh, the duo, the Boom Jacks. But now he's doing his solo stuff because his brother has moved on to other things, to my knowledge. Uh, he is on Instagram at j.boom he put he posts a lot of really cool videos of him hand programming samples and songs and playing the drum pads on his sampler where you can watch him just drum things out live and he's he's a super talented individual and he puts out a lot of really interesting content on there so i would recommend people and a lot of and the cool thing is too a lot of times people can actually hear the beats that i end up using that he he posts like video live videos of them and things like that and well, not live, pre-recorded, but um, where people can actually hear beats and not even realize that they're going to be on our album. So it's a good place to get like more insight into the project. 
Well, I cool. just found them and I'm following right. them. So I'm there. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Um, you have a good uh, is is this still I guess it's midweek, but it's your weekend. So you have a good camping trip and hopefully we'll be seeing you in September. If not, we'll come back and wrap it up on the podcast. Cool. It was great talking to you guys as always. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your night, rest of your week and all that stuff. This means a lot to me that you guys are willing to do this. Thank you. Right on. It's hey, a learning no problem, man. Thank you. Man. We're learning a lot. We love it. All right. All right let's get Safe ready travel. to get out of here. And we're going to play some more music from Pine and Tolliver, right, D? Yes, we are. This is called Bourdain's Blues. Oh, by the way, before we get out of here, we won't be back until um, we're going to be back with Michelle Jupiter, I think, the second Wednesday of September. Odell, what are you going to do with your five weeks off? Are you going to be able to function without this show for five weeks? I will try. Got a lot of vacation and family trips and all that wonderful stuff so but hey it'll i'll be see a, you it'll be a quick selfie party right <laughs> at april's i'm gonna do a big yeah. selfie party um in baltimore i think the weekend of labor day the saturday before the monday that's labor day all right so while we'll we blowing up instagram and all the social media with that all right i gotta go to bed i gotta get up at 5 30 <laughs> good night guys <laughs> all right see now. You guys see you. thank you